You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Recorded in Chicago, Illinois, with your hosts, Ken, Matt, Neil, and Jeff, this is Triviality. Hello and welcome to Triviality, the game where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. My name is Matt. I will not be hosting today, but we'll get to that eventually. Uh, joining me today is going to be Ken and Jeff in studio. How are you guys doing? Feels empty without Neil. Mm-hmm. It does, but it's a nice day out. So His ghost floating around, haunting us. Where is Neil today? That's where Neil is oh, today. Oh, he's a ghost. <laughs> um, I, I, this, is, this is Neil's bit, so I, I don't want to step on his bit, mm-hmm. you know. Coming up where you are, with where you are, coming up with where yeah. I am, etc. So I'm just gonna say Neil is a ghost haunting us with his Neil, aura. Neil's holed away in his office, thinking of different places where we would be when we were not here. So he's a little busy today, I imagine. Yeah, he's writing. He's filling in the spreadsheet. Yeah, and Ken coming fresh from the hills of Columbia with a fresh cup of coffee. You doing good over there? Ready to go? Yeah, I'm, I'm ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I'm doing good, but I'm ready to go. <laughs> That's uh, perfect for the for the show that we're doing today. Uh, so with with that, um, let's introduce some of our contestants. So uh, joining me, I guess, today will be playing with me is Chris Fior. He's an Oakland Five superstar. Uh, how you doing, Chris? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, getting ready for trivia. I've been r- massaging my brain to make sure I remember certain facts. <laughs> any, any certain facts that you've been really studying? Um. It, it pretty pretty useless stuff. Uh, just going through. I have some comics behind me. I was trying to remember in case, like some weird pop culture comic thing comes up. I'm on well, it. Well, the fun thing about facts is they're That's all very useless. Niche. So you're just ho- very, you're just hoping niche. a lot of pop culture <laughs> yes. comic stuff comes up. So. Yes, yes. I'm I'm trying to you know burrow my mind into the the questions that have already been written and magically change them in my favor. There you go. That's what I do too. Um, so let's figure out who is going to be asking those quish- questions. Uh, we'll figure out who's going to be asking those questions today. It's going to be questions. <laughs> I know my my accent's great. Uh, it's going to be Brittany Shaw, uh, Savage Superstar. How are you doing, Brittany? I'm doing great, Matt. How are you doing this morning? Uh, still doing well. Uh, where are you coming from? I hear you just had a big move. Uh, I am coming to you from the Chicago area, so I'm kind of a local now. That's a lot of fun. What's your favorite part of Chicago so far? Uh the food. Uh, uh, I hadn't been to Giordano's before and went there yesterday and it is awesome. <laughs> yes. So. I am also a fan of pizzas served as pies. Popular location. <laughs> or cakes, depending on how thick they are around here. 
Uh, this was definitely cake thickness. <laughs> it was great. It was like a lasagna married a cake and had the most beautiful baby. All right. And Brittany, I understand that you have somebody who's going to be helping you host the game today. Why don't you go ahead and introduce him? Yeah. Uh, all the way from Fargo is Aaron Mayers, and he both helps me write this game and helps me write other games from time to time. So it's uh, very much a partner game today. And uh, he is here and is awesome. So, hey, Aaron. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it very much. Been listening for a long time, and uh, I think it's fantastic to finally be on here. So thank you. Welcome to the show, Aaron. Glad to have you. All right. Well, without further ado, I guess we need uh, one of the rules. So um, as the special guest host, uh, Brittany, which rules do you want to hear? Uh, the third set. Okay, the third one. Got it. The rules of the game are simple. 20 questions split into two rounds worth 10 points apiece. At halftime, there'll be a special swing round designed by this week's host. After regulation, players will enter the final round with the points that they've accumulated and will have a chance to wager 0 to 30 points on five categorized questions. At the end of the game, someone will be named the cream of the crop. Cream of the crop. All right, so those are the rules. Uh, Jeff and I are going to form a team, and we are recently returning to the gym after a long pandemic break. Uh, so we are going to name ourselves after our favorite sandwich and be Sore Boy. <laughs> Just one? Combined, you are one Sore Boy? <laughs> sore Boys. <laughs> okay. Well, if you're... It's a Dragon Ball Z fusion kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> if you're the Sore Boys, we could be the Fjord Boys. He's a Fior, I'm a boy. Ah, there you go. <laughs> it worked perfectly. <laughs> so without further ado, let us get this game started. Round one today is going to be a theme round. Uh, so you will want to keep track of your answers. Um, and question 10 is going to be about what the theme is. Okay. All right. Question one. While it wasn't an unusual performance, Alfonso Ribeiro scored perfect tens on his fourth episode of Dancing with the Stars as he incorporated what iconic dance move into his jazz routine? I believe we can lock in, Ken. Seriously? Yeah, seriously. Okay, great. Um, wouldn't that be the Charleston? Yeah, I mean, I th I've, always, I've always called it the Carlton. Car I guess Carlton. That, that's I, I don't know. Oh. That's the name of his character, and he he does it to the Tom Jones song "Unusual." So yeah. that would make sense if it was the Carlton. Yes, sorry. Oh, now the oh, that's question. okay. The Charleston's a fun dance too. So <laughs> now the question the makes a lot more sense. What was the part you were missing? <laughs> Just like who that was. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like I knew his name, but like the name sounded familiar, but right. it just didn't like put it together. So that is also what you wrote on our paper. I wrote the Carlton. Uh, well, the Carlton is correct. Yeah, Alfonso Rivero played Carlton on Fresh Prince and danced to "It's Not Unusual." So. Uh, it's very much the Carlton. Those are the two tens. things he's known for. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, uh, so both teams. Uh, question two. A low F trill followed by a 17-note glissando up to high A is the opening measure for which musical composition completed in 1924 and featured extensively in ads for a major airline company. Yep. We can lock in. Is it weird that I had it from the note and the glissando? Me too. 
Nerds. <laughs> yes, that is weird. <laughs> My kind of nerds. Uh, Any Chris, idea what uh, a glissando is? Oh, no, I think I had one a couple weeks back, but it gave me stomach troubles. Um, I have it's no the idea. the new Starbucks drink, right, Matt? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or is it the new yeah. size of Starbucks drink? Yeah, <laughs> one glissando of coffee. Um, no, I have no idea. I'm, I'm sure it's it's a very popular musical movement, but I don't know. Um, what about... A Fantasia song? <laughs> Fantasia song sounds good. Yep, the the Fantasia song is what we're going with. I do believe this song was in Fantasia 2. It could be. I don't really remember. I do know yeah, that... nobody remembers Fantasia 2. <laughs> I do know all 17 minutes of this by heart, though. Um, to play it? In we'll... multiple pieces, yeah. I, I performed it in a second quartet <laughs> once. Uh, I, we believe this is Gershwin's Rhapsody in Blue. Uh, and the Sword Boys are correct. It is Rhapsody in Blue. And it was in Fantasia 2000. It's one... I think it's like the second number on the... Mm. In the movie? Yeah. yeah. It's all animated, and it's they're on the train and, like, all holding onto the subway thing, and it's crazy. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, this is Rhapsody in Blue. And I would drink a glissando of coffee. Sounds like it'd be smooth. Because it's a, just a, basically a really fast transition just to get you from a lower note to a higher note. And you play the notes in quick succession and very smoothly. So that's what a glissando mm. is. Uh, yeah, so that was Rhapsody in Blue. Uh, question three. Showing that precision counts, the women's all-around gymnastics event at what city's Summer Olympics, the second to be held in the Southern Hemisphere, was nearly derailed when it was revealed that the vault horse was set five centimeters too short, causing many misses and injuries. All right, uh, we had a little discussion. I thought I knew, but uh, Jeff seems a little bit more certain, so we're going with his answer. So they right. had Summer Olympics in Sydney, I think, mm-hmm. right? And then what was they the... They did. Was it Rio? Where well, like, Rio, oh. Rio was twenty. 12, that was later that was after sydney mm-hmm. and i think there was one um but there was one i think in the southern hemisphere before sydney um and i and we love our aussies on the show so we can go with australia i, I like sydney you want to go sydney yeah let's do sydney because i feel like there must 2000. have been one before that at least yeah give, give them a break over in rand mcnally we're gonna go with sydney Okay, I thought maybe Rio, because a lot of stuff got screwed up in Rio, as I recall, but Jeff uh, corrected me. Yeah, I think Melbourne was the first in the Southern Hemisphere to host in 56, so we said the 2000 games in Sydney. And Sydney, Australia is correct, so Sydney is your answer, so both teams got that one. Is it weird that Rio is the last summer games that was held? It's a little weird. (laughs) Uh, I, I, cause that feels like a long time ago, but I guess it really wasn't that long ago, but a lot's happened in the world since then. <laughs> All um, right. Question four. Question four. It's a before and after question. Natalie Portman and Mila Kunis fight for control over the remote and the fork as one attempts to finish off the last of Booker T's XXL Salisbury steak meal with a brownie for dessert. Oh, it's a before and after. Okay. <laughs> yes, it's before and after. <laughs> I got it. Okay. Yeah, we're good. Well, the the first part is Black Swan, I think, because that was the movie yeah. with the two of them where they they get you know fighting. And the uh, the last oh Black okay uh uh-huh. it's a uh, I believe Black Swanson's Hungry Man meals or something along <laughs> the lines there. Uh, 
the but you know black swansons i guess is good enough right or unless you want the i would say the so. full name of the meal but it's up to the host yeah can you be more specific uh so booker t did love the the hungry man meal so we'll say black swansons hungry man yeah and we just got as far as um black swansons so we'll say black swansons tv dinner uh the answer is black swansons hungry man Okay. So, um, ah. because the ah. XXL and the Booker T, I did need Hungry Man. So, yeah, Booker T got in a fight with Steve Austin at a grocery store and smashed a Hungry Man over his head in an episode of Raw. Now, there's some inside information that I did not have and did not need, but thank you, Matt. <laughs> I needed that information. So That's you. what I'm here for. I also, I'm pretty sure I know question ten. Very excited. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Yeah, we we all got there. Ah, we all got their last question. I, I know. All right, question five. Before Taryn, there was Justin. Justin Timberlake, alongside handler Paul Rubens, portrayed Sir Elton John in the video for "This Train Don't Stop There Anymore," a song from what 2001 album by John? Well, I have no idea. But we, we know we know what category part of the answer needs to be. We, in, at we least. think we think we're we're catching on to something here. All right, um, me and Jeff don't know any recent Elton. We say recent, but in the last thirty years, any Elton John albums. Um, That's so, not technically correct. I do know. All right, the, shut up. The <laughs> Princess Diana release of the the Princess Diana Elton John split. Um, <laughs> So we are going to take what we think we know about the category that these answers are in and guess we're going to make up an album title. So we're in. Um, are you a big Elton John fan, Chris? I, I, I have to say I do like Elton John, but I, I don't know any recent album titles by him because I, it's been a while Why since I've you? been to the like a store to get a CD. Something... It's... Crows, something, <laughs> bulldogs, <laughs> something western, uh, old western bulldogs. Now, are you How's listeners at home picking up on the secret theme? <laughs> I bet some of you people in the southern hemisphere are. Uh, I, nothing I, at all here. I, I don't, I, I know, I think I know where you're leading to towards the theme. I don't really know I any hope of so. the, <laughs> the, the possible. <laughs> I'm very advert. Uh, possible s- selections to that other than what's been mentioned before. Yeah. Um, well, we're going to say it's a Saint Kilta man in Reno just to watch him die. It's <laughs> 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 pretty funny. And uh, again, we, we took the same approach to this question. We just said white tiger. Okay. Um, so this, you guys, I think you figured out the theme by now, but I won't give it away. Uh, but the album here um, is Songs from the West Coast. Oh, okay. Oh. You should have got that one, Matt, given your location. But uh, anyways, uh, after five questions, it looks like we have racked up 30 points. And uh, you guys have 30 as well? I think that's as close as you can get in a game. So, uh, Question six. The constellation Aquila, A-Q-I-L-A, takes its name from what kind of bird that, according to Greek myth, loosened Hephaestus's load by carrying Zeus's thunderbolts? All right. Um, the 
theme definitely helped us on this one, and we are going to go ahead and lock in. Would, All right, uh, Chris, so we got a, a multiple choice question here. Okay. <laughs> so Would eagle fit with the theme? Are there eagles? Oh, man, this is where we need Neil. I, I wrote down crows, hawks, magpies. I think there, there's got to be an eagle. Does, is, does the eagle fit the mythology? Do you know the mythology better? That, that specific story, I don't, but I know Zeus is kind of attributed to eagles. Like if he had eagle eating one of the guy's livers every day, I think it was. Oh, gross. Okay. But I could. Ace, I could uh, yeah. <laughs> nice Chianti. But um, um, I'm not I'm not 100 percent sure because that specific story doesn't really ring a bell. OK, well, if you if you know that he's a vengeful eagle falconer or whatever, um, I'm OK with eagles. Let's let's lock in eagles. Yeah. And um, I'm pretty sure the West Coast team is the eagles. If you catch my drift. So we said eagles. <laughs> I like how you say if you catch my drift when it's like the most obvious. <laughs> um, and uh, both teams are absolutely correct. It is the eagle. Uh, the constellation is also known as the eagle. And, uh, you know, while maybe not traveling down the road, it did loosen someone's load by <laughs> um, carrying the thunderbolts for Zeus. So, uh, yeah, so that's eagle. And I'm pretty sure you guys have the theme. So we'll move on to question seven. Since this aisle ain't big enough for the both of them, what popular salad dressing brand, the topic of some heated debate, was sold along with the entirety of the Wishbone line of salad dressings by Unilever to Pinnacle Foods in 2013? So we mostly need to go off the theme on this one. Uh, Jeff, you can pick. I, I'm, I'm thinking this is probably a location. Uh, based on the theme. So, Jeff, if you want to pick a location that sounds like maybe it's a dressing brand. Um, yeah, let's say Gold Coast. Gold Coast. Famous dressing brand. Yes. We believe. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah, I mean, if, if you think about Eastwood, when he did say this aisle ain't big enough for the two of us, it would be in a Western movie. I'm pretty sure that there's a team in Western. Uh, so we're locking in with Western. And Western is your correct answer. Western dressing. And Aaron has more on what the debate and, was. <clears throat> and Matt sussed it out perfectly. This aisle ain't big enough for the both of us. Can transfer to this town ain't big enough for the both of us. Uh, both the other boys were pretty close on that one, but just didn't get it, get it around the corner on that one. Uh, the debate happens to be between huge fans of either Western dressing or Catalina dressing as to which one is the superior form of French dressing. Um, yeah, uh, question eight. After gaining a following over the past several years, what breed of dog overtook the German Shepherd in 2020 as the second most popular breed of dog in the United States, according to the American Kennel Club? We are locked in. Yes, indeed. Mm. Huh. What do you think, Chris? Well, I, uh, I, I don't have any specific knowledge on this. I got... Uh, I got my, my, my golden retriever, Max, sitting right next to me. So if we don't have any better mm -hmm. answers, I'd be happy to answer that. Well, I do think um, that the Gold Coast Golden Retrievers would be a great name, but I do know that Western are the Bulldogs. So I think we can lock in with Bulldogs. What are you talking about, Matt? <laughs> I'm just saying Are you talking about again. the secret theme? Possibly. Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> Somebody said today's secret theme. Can uh, you be more specific? Let's go English Bulldogs. And we also said the English Bulldog. Okay, you're both very close if you cross over the English Channel. Oh, uh, these are American French Bulldogs. French Bulldogs. Oh. French Bulldogs. Which are so cute. <laughs> and I want like, all of them. Yeah, just be in a room with one for like five minutes. You know, you know what? Annoying. You know what? I was with you there, Jeff, but I recently met a French bulldog that I absolutely loved. So I, I might have rounded the corner <laughs> on French bulldogs. They're stupid short noses. They suck in all that oxygen and they just, they're prolific farters and I hate it. I so am I, but you don't hate me. Yeah, but I don't live with you. How does the nose have to deal with how much they fart? <laughs> because well, they, it's all the excess air. <laughs> they, they bring the air into their stomach instead of their lungs, and it just like builds up. I guess is is that how it works? Pretty much, yeah. They they ingest. I don't air. know how digestion works. Huh. <laughs> I don't think your lungs are connected. But <laughs> not not the lungs, but maybe the stomach. No, they're definitely ingesting air. Okay, <laughs> that's very possible. Gross little things. On to question nine. Formed in 1952 in London, what production and distribution company is responsible for such top-tier shows as The Swan, Perfect Score, A Shot at Love with Tila Tequila, oh, and The Price is Right, American Gods, and American Idol? Okay, once again, just coming from the secret theme angle, uh, we are going to go ahead and lock in here. All right, so, Chris, I'm counting on you. Well, American Gods was on show time wasn't it mm -hmm. but that was who i, I don't know so. i don't think that's who produced it um well what if you if you're not sure this is a, this is actually a really tough one uh if i were going to write a question about this team i would have gone with a pants angle because i believe they're the dockers um but i'm pretty sure that this is Fremantle. Uh, I think that it's a production company too, so we're going to lock in with Fremantle Industries or production or whatever mm. it is. If you say so. That um, smart. The <laughs> best sounding production company we could uh, invent uh, using the category is Gold Coast. Fremantle is correct, so uh, or Fremantle <laughs> North America. So, um, although I feel like Gold Coast Studios sounds would be good, a great right? production company, yeah. but it sounds more like a music <laughs> production company. Mm -hmm. to me, like, it put out like good records adult Coast entertainment records. Mm -hmm. um yeah and question 10 if you've been tracking okay, your answers this quarter this <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> if you've been tracking your answers this quarter you'll have found the theme give me the word that completes the theme also a clothing brand with a commercial featuring a seemingly errant choice of tune by the poxy boggards Yep, so obviously we know the theme, and uh, we can complete this with the answer of Dockers. All right, so we know that the theme is all um, Australian Football League teams. Uh, I actually said it in my last answer that Fremantle was a Dockers, so we're going to lock in with Dockers. And Dockers is correct. So, yeah, your theme is Australian Football League teams. So if you were following down the answers, it went Carlton, Blue, Sydney, uh, Swan, uh, West Coast Eagle, Western Bulldogs, Fremantle Dockers. So, very good. Uh, yep. All right. At the end of the first round, it looks like, despite knowing the secret theme basically the whole time, we only managed to score 50 points over at Soar Boys. And the Fior Boys doing much better with 70 points. Hopefully, our fortunes change in the swing round, which is what, Brittany? 
Uh, the swing round is what's in my mouth. And this is a round on food and wind instruments. So I'll read you a description and a clue. And the order is going to go food instrument, food instrument all the way down the round. And then you'll give me your answers. Question one, a hearty soup of cow stomach and a red chili pepper broth. Ricky Martin might know a bit about this. Question two, a three valved aerophone falling with one in the jazz age could make you dizzy. Question three, a hoagie roll with gyro meat, roast beef, corned beef, and like a crap ton of toppings. Unleash your wild side and just do it because impossible is nothing. Question four, a reedless instrument does what it says on the tin, but in Italian. Question five, filet of beef, duxelle, mustard, puff pastry, leave your boots at the door. Question six, a non-valved aerophone, goal! <laughs> Question seven, chopped greens with rows of tomato, bacon, chicken, eggs, avocado, and Roquefort cheese. A local favorite for Big Boss Man. Question eight. Free read aerophone. You can use it for respiratory therapy and prison entertainment, but not for daily grooming. Question nine. Turmeric, cumin, coriander, ginger, chilies. Put it on everything and garner favor from Aisha, Mark, and Tim. Question ten. A keyed single read aerophone. Try not to be too flippant with your ASMR videos and guilty feet. Wow, Brittany, that was quite a mouthful. Wah, wah. All right, we'll be back and Aaron will have the answers. <laughs> Welcome to From Beneath the Hollywood Sign. If you love old movies, Hollywood history, or the golden age of filmmaking, you've come to the right place. This is the podcast that talks about amazing stories of Tinseltown from another era and fascinating conversations with writer-producer Steve Kubine and actress-writer Nan McNamara. One particular argument, he ended up dislocating Ava's jaw. <gasps> Ava, she was such a tough cookie. Rather than cry or scream or anything like that, she... Was, or call the police. Or call the police like <laughs> she should have, exactly. What does she do? She takes an ashtray and she... She knocks him over the head and knocks him unconscious. That's how she fought back. She didn't know what to do, so she called Louis B. Mayer. I think I've killed Howard Hughes. What do I do? Revisit a time when the pictures were still big and everyone was ready for their close-up. When you want Tyrone Power instead of Tom Hardy, Jennifer Jones instead of Jennifer Lawrence, or Robert Mitchum rather than Robert Pattinson, then From Beneath the Hollywood Sign is the gin joint for you. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. We answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. The Nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. 
All right, and we are back. Uh, we have all of our answers. I think we did pretty okay in the swing round, but let's find out. We are back with Aaron to provide our answers today. So um, let's start with number one. Absolutely. Number one in this round, a hearty soup of cow's stomach in a red chili pepper broth. Ricky Martin might know a bit about this. All right, so we believe Ricky Martin is a former member of the band Menudo, so we are going with Menudo. I am definitely sure he's a former member of Menudo. I didn't know if it was a soup, but we said Menudo. Also considered a great hangover cure, this is Menudo. Number two, a three-valved aerophone. Falling with one in the jazz age could make you dizzy. Well, uh... I'm just going to channel my inner Dizzy Gillespie here, and uh, we're going to play away on some trumpet. Yeah, yeah. me and uh, me and Matt agree. Dizzy Gillespie, the only thing we could think of with the three valves, we want trumpet. And so the far, trumpet. both sides are two for two. No. It is a trumpet. No sousaphone for you or... <laughs> <laughs> just wait, just wait. Number three, a hoagie roll with gyro meat, roast beef, corned beef, and like a crap ton of toppings. Uh, Unleash your wild side and just do it because impossible is nothing. So we got to the point where we realized there's a bunch of references to shoes in this uh, question, but we don't know a sandwich named after a shoe, but we might kick ourselves later. We just said the boot. Yeah, I, I had no idea. Uh, we just that generic Italian sandwich number seven. <laughs> Well, we, when we were researching this one, we thought, hmm, this group is from Chicago. Maybe we should throw a Chicago delicacy in there, or at least something that claims to be invented there. This is a sandwich, and we did check it with other sources, called a gym shoe. Never heard of it, for real. It's it, it, Basically, it's like a combination of a Reuben and a... Uh, Italian beef. We believe you. And a euro, okay. apparently. Yeah. And a euro. It's like a <laughs> mishmash of everything on one sandwich. Question number four. A readless instrument does what it says on the tin, but in Italian. Not too sure about the tin reference, but we think an instrument with no reed and an Italian name is a piccolo. Uh, similar thing here. We went piccolo. Absolutely. Does what it says on the tin means that the Name of it is a perfect description of what it is. In Italian, the word small is piccolo. So mm. good job on both fronts there. Question number five, filet of beef, duxelle, mustard, puff pastry. Leave your boots at the door. Yep, you probably should, because uh, if you do what they're supposed to be used for, your wellies are probably pretty gross. Oh, we said Wellington. Oh, we didn't know, so we just thought this would be some sort of delicious meat pie. Well, the sore boys are dead on with that one. It is Beef Wellington. Good job there. Question number six. A non-valved aerophone. Goal! All right. Took a couple minutes for this one, but we finally put the goal uh, hint together, and we decided this was the Vuvuzela. Vuvuzela. That was... Uh... A little bit of a strange thing to come out of the World Cup, but it certainly is in the, the mind now. And considering they've made efforts to ban this from the stadiums around the world, this is indeed the Vuvuzela. Who was like, we need to invent a more annoying kazoo. 
<laughs> no one apparently and yet there you are question number seven chopped greens with rows of tomato bacon chicken eggs and avocado and roquefort cheese a local favorite for big boss man we're hoping uh that big boss man's real name is Cobb. <laughs> yeah if you're if you cross the big boss man you'll be doing a hard time in Cobb county i'm pretty sure this is the Cobb salad Absolutely. As an allusion to his former career as a correctionals officer in Cobb County, this is a Cobb salad. Not named for Ray Trailer, unfortunately. Question number eight, free read aerophone. You can use it for respiratory therapy and prison entertainment, but not for daily grooming. All right. Well, uh, we couldn't put all the clues together. We were thinking about what you might play in prison and we came up with a harmonica. Uh, that that one seems like it might be a good chance. We went with the the less annoying Vuvuzela, the the kazoo. So you can use it for respiratory therapy. In fact, Reagan used one for therapy. It, the device inside it when he was shot and trying to recover from that. And yes, for prison entertainment, Elwood might be able to help you out with that. It is indeed a harmonica. The allusion to the respiratory therapy and daily grooming, the device inside the harmonica is actually called a comb, oh, and that is what vibrates gotcha. and makes sound. Cool. Number nine, turmeric, cumin, coriander, ginger, and chilies. Put it on everything and garner favor from Aisha, Mark, and Tim. All right. Uh, we uh, looked at those names and decided those were all different curries. And so we said Curry. And by the way, I recently saw an interview with Mark Curry where they did not know that they were hanging with Mr. Cooper and they just interviewed him like a normal guy about <laughs> gas shortages or something like that. Like, that's hilarious. Yeah. And the, the headline was, they didn't know they were hanging with Mr. Cooper. And I was like, that's, that's really good. Funny. Yeah. All right. And yes, thank you for taking all my thunder on hanging with Mr. Cooper jokes. Uh, we also know this is Curry. I knew you I wanted them, so I took them all. You could have made a Steph reference. Yeah. <laughs> No, it's well, fine. I have nothing to add to this one. Both teams have got it on Curry. Well done there. And finally, a keyed single read aerophone. Try not to be too flippant with your ASMR videos and guilty feet. Mm, well, my guilty feet have got no rhythm. Uh, so we believe this is the very predominantly featured saxophone playing in careless whisper. So we said saxophone. We unfortunately did not catch on to the clues when we were thinking a keyed instrument we were picturing the one where you like blow into the tube and it goes to the the keyboard and we weren't really sure what it was called but we thought it was a melodica so that's what we locked in with well we know for sure that the sore boys are not fools the correct answer here is the saxophone the asmr references to the asmr videos that they do with just the sounds of the saxophone with no music being played out of it just the clicks wind blowing through it I don't, I don't get it, but if you like ASMR, you know, power to you. <laughs> All right, we did a little bit better in the swing round, so that brings our score to 95 on the Sore Boys and the Fjord Boys, 100. So we are chasing their tails. Your round three is going to be a game mechanic known as an answer snake, but we took it one step further and turned it into an answer Ouroboros. So uh, the way that works is the last letter of the answer will be the first letter of the next answer. And since it's an Ouroboros, the last letter of the last answer will also be the first letter of the first answer. Okay. Since it's a snake eating itself. Thanks to Full Metal Alchemist, I know what that means. <laughs> uh, so question one, 
During the French Revolution, many of the lower class who became extremists and revolutionaries were often given what sartorially inspired name. This is a direct response to the style of leggings the aristocracy often wore and a fitting way to attend Zoom meetings. So let's just say the pantsless. Okay. Because that's how I like to attend Zoom meetings. Actually, uh, I'm pantsless mm-hmm. right now. They can't, our guests can't see over the, uh, the call, but I am pantsless. As, as per usual. <laughs> as per usual, I'm pantsless. I do it what for your pants? and Neil's benefit. You can stop mm. anytime. <laughs> All right, guys, what do you think? <laughs> We're just taking a stab here. I had written down... I had written down pantsless. Do you have I, anything better? <laughs> honestly, I wrote down pantsless too because that's how you go we to are, Zoom meetings. Yeah, I can't imagine anyone wearing pants in the year 2021. Uh, so we're we're going pantsless all okay. the time. Pantsless. So can both teams give me the answer in French? Uh, <laughs> sans, sans pantalons. Sans pants. No, no parlez-vous français. <laughs> all right, so we're gonna really go with sans pants. Yeah, us too. What, what Ken said. <laughs> wasn't isn't uh isn't jeans the French word for pants? Isn't that uh, would it be sans jeans? I don't jeans? know. We we're too we're too far into this rabbit hole. Oh, right. <laughs> we're sans pants. Oh, right, sans pants. Both seems super close, and uh, the French word for pants is culottes or culot. Oh. So the answer is sans culot, which is what the uh, lower class were called mm. because they didn't get to wear the fancy pants the aristocracy had. So, um, and that is spelled S-A-N-S-C-U-L-L-O-T-E-S since you need the last letter for oh, this I mechanic. was not anywhere close oh. when I wrote that down. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, question two. What nation, one of only two in the world to have a square flag, is the only one to list Romanche as an officially recognized language. We are locked in. This would be Switzerland, wouldn't it? Oh, yes. The square flag question rears its ugly head again. <laughs> and I will see. This time I'll let you. Don't <laughs> say its head is ugly right. we'll because see. we can get it right. It's a, it's a flag question oh, we true. can get we right, Matt. I mean, <laughs> only reason I know it is from listening to Triviality. <laughs> so we're locked in with Switzerland. Yeah, anytime, anytime anybody wants to offer me this question, I'm happy to take a Switzerland guess. And Switzerland is correct. Um, the other nation is Vatican City. I think I'm the only thing square than a Vatican City and, flag. And Nepal has a triangle? Or two <laughs> it's triangles? It's like two triangles that are not the same size. Yay. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Uh, question three. Since they have so much to say, what group had their 2018 studio album Come Tomorrow become their seventh consecutive album to go to top the Billboard 200, tying them with Sir Elton John for seventh most on the all-time list of consecutive number one albums. Diana Ross and the Supremes. Yes, we're going to go with Diana Ross and the Supremes. John Cafferty and the Beaver Brown Band. <laughs> Wait. That's from, that's from a really, okay, that's a really obscure... Need a, yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. For that really obscure SNL Celebrity Jeopardy reference. <laughs> Do you want to go with Diana Ross and the Supremes? I don't. I have no idea on this question. So, all right, Diana Ross and the Supremes. Now, all right, Matt. So it's the the year is not right at all. But so much to say. It really clicks with a. I forget. I think that's the name of the song. But Dave Matthews Band. Oh, and their but, songs always do go to the top. 
I like I don't remember them coming out with anything They're very popular anytime <laughs> recently, but like it clicks. Well, they don't have to come out with new music. Their fans just keep buying the same old albums over. Well, and, over. and it's like the same twenty-minute guitar solo. <laughs> yeah, I like. I was gonna say I was like the Destiny's Child put on an album in twenty eighteen, but I don't think they did. I couldn't so handle I'm, this. I'm definitely okay. With, <laughs> I'm definitely okay with Dave Matthews. That's a great guess. Yeah, great guess. Uh, yeah, like I said, we kind of just uh, we, we passed on this question. Uh, yeah, so your correct answer is Dave Matthews Band. Hey, Here's Aaron with right. the flavor and they, test. And they, and, they, and they picked up on it perfectly with so much to say. So much to say, so much to say, so much to say. <laughs> yep, nope, that is absolutely <laughs> it. And yeah, they're still putting out albums, but I agree with Matt. They will just buy the live out version 40 or 50 more times, you know, just like Pearl Jam. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Don't besmirch Pearl Jam like that. They, re- they hey, released an album. Hey, it's fine. Somebody already dissed Dream Theater on this podcast. I didn't diss them. I just no, said we they were, weren't that we popular. Pro Dream Theater. <laughs> pro. pro. I was just Dream telling Jeff, I have, I have the signature Dream Theater guitar. You do, yeah. Even though I don't even, li- I don't even listen to them. <laughs> I just like the guitar. I just tolerate my hands. (laughs) Question four. Named for the onomatopoetic noise they make when they feel threatened, what doubly named mammal is the smallest of the subfamily Antilopinae? Relactin. Yep. Hmm. Is there something called like a a bok-bok or something like that? B-A-K? I believe this is going to... You said a D-A-K? Oh, no, it has to be a D. Oh, I, yeah, yeah, I forgot the whole point of the round. I there's some animal that screams doe when it's threatened. Doe, doe. So. Doe, doe. Oh, how that? How did that work out for it? <laughs> not, not so good. It was so loud, all uh, the predators found it. <laughs> yeah. like, it was like a Pokemon. They could only say its name. <laughs> Just like, doe. No. Uh, I don't know. I, I I can picture the 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 stupid little thing in my head. Mm-hmm. Maybe like a like a dig dig or something. I don't know. A dig dug? A dig dig. Dug tree. Yeah, I'm good with know. that. I don't know. <laughs> We're good at this. Yeah. Uh a dig dig. Right. That's let's, fine. Yeah, let's lock in dig dig. All right. And I think this is a little bit closer to uh me and Jeff showering after the, the gym. <laughs> uh, sharing the gym shower together. And we're... <laughs> All right. Never, never mind. Uh, we're going to say the answer is Dick Dick. And they are adorable. Oh. Yeah, they are adorable. Your correct answer is, in fact, Dick Dick, not Dig Dig. Oh. So it's Dick oh. Dick. And they are the cutest animals on the planet, I'm pretty sure. Maybe quokkas are slightly cuter, but dick dicks are adorable. So this is the dick dick. So question five. Often considered one of the greatest moments in sports history, whose only plate appearance in the 1988 World Series yielded a walk-off home run, which was fine because of the injuries to both legs this player had suffered? I believe in miracles. You sexy it's not thing. the same thing, but, but we're locked in. All right, since it we're starts in. with a K, we will say Ken Griffey Sr. Oh. 
that yeah he was around that time uh i believe that this is a famous kirk gibson it is kirk gibson it's not that famous i don't know him <laughs> that's not really mm. excuse. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's your level of if someone's famous or not right i don't Does know jeff him. know him? Uh, and i appreciate the sports question thank you you're welcome uh, so it's Kirk Gibson and your question six. Considered the first known comic book anti-hero, he is the mutant son of a human sea captain and a princess of Atlantis and was considered one of Timely's top three characters during the golden age of comic books. All right, we will go ahead and lock in. And um, looks like Chris did get his comic book question after all. So, Comic book question that I am not sure about. Which is how it always works out, right? Oh, oh good. And the, the Some I mean, kind I of nautical man. Yeah, I, I mean, I like nautical man. <laughs> I don't think that's right. Uh, sounds like a Simpsons spoof character. <laughs> nautical man. Yeah. Hanging out, with, hanging out with Barnacle Boy, Nosferatu. Nosferatu uh, of the very sea. Helpful. Like I said. The sea vampire. <laughs> oh, I'm a sea vampire. It's a vampire who's also a merman. <laughs> I don't know. I think comics Neptune are way the way out. Neptune, that's the win. <laughs> Do we have an answer? Probably not, right? I would say go with Neptune because it's not, it's not coming to me. Okay. Neptune. Okay. I believe this guy um, has like a subtitle, but either way it ends with an R. It's Namor... Also known as the Submariner, I believe. Uh, that is correct. Uh, Namor the Submariner is your answer. Was not uh, going to get that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, basically, Marvel's Aquaman, but also kind of better because he's got more dimensions to him. So, um, so uh, let's get a quick score update here. We're a little bit late, but it looks like we got one, two, three, four, uh, 40 points in that round. That brings us to 135. Uh, and we added 30 points to our score, so we are up to 130. Uh, yep, let's get the last four questions in this round. So, question seven. What moppish ginger lad was introduced by Johnny Gruel in 1920 as a companion to his sister, who became his love partner 21 years later in a cartoon film? I think I know it. So so we're looking for the, the oh. male character? The male character, okay. yes. <laughs> All right. Um, so... Ed Sheeran doesn't fit. <laughs> there it is. Um, you... <laughs> I think that I think it's a bit raggedy of him to do that. Uh, I'm pretty sure that this is raggedy Andy. He's pretty moppish and redheaded, and yeah. I didn't know he had a thing for his sister. So I I, <laughs> I was unaware of that dynamic. <laughs> yeah, so we, we get locked in with Raggedy Andy. Yes, the Raggedy Ann, Raggedy Andy, uh, Chronicle Canon, well known for inspiring <laughs> Game of Thrones. Uh, we are also <laughs> saying uh, Raggedy Andy. Yeah, uh, Raggedy Andy is your answer. And I have to say, it's one of the, the more interesting rabbit holes I've fallen down <laughs> recently. Mm -hmm. But yeah, they were brother and sister. And then um, Johnny Gruel's son wrote the film that became the cartoon movie in which they became love partners who had love hugs and got married and then their hands were stitched together mm. so that they would Aww. never ever be separated gross and it's like cute. a reverse star wars gross. right 
the Luke and Leia dynamic. <laughs> Luke and Leia dynamic, the Cersei Jamie dynamic. Yeah, I like yeah. I like that the son did not pay attention to his father's work at all. He like didn't even like ah whatever. I'm just doing. My yeah, own yeah, thing. sure for the bed. Thanks for the bedtime stories, well, Dad. I the son's doing the Garfield. Characters. Garfield's doing some crazy. And just for clarification, Andy is spelled with a Y at the end, correct? It not, is. not an I E. You know, sometimes A-N-D-Y. it could be weird. Like Andy like McDowell. Yeah, that's that's usually for female names, but just double checking. Yeah, no, this one is absolutely A and D Y. And because it's important, absolutely check it. So, okay. Okay. So, question eight 39, 65, 68, and 70 aren't longitude and latitude coordinates, but instead are the atomic numbers of the four elements all sourced from which outer village in the Stockholm region? We can lock in. Jeff's so happy right now. <laughs> Any ideas here, Chris? Unfortunately, my knowledge of Swedish villages is not <laughs> as up to date as I would like. Yeah, I don't remember from the back of the baseball card where the Swedish chef was from. Yeah, I don't think it was this town. I find it very boring. I have no idea. <laughs> All right, so you're tapping? Uh, yeah, yellow card town. Right. I don't know. What is it? Euterbium? Um, that's one of the elements named for it. It's Itterby. Itterby. Sweden. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it absolutely is Itterby. And I'm pretty sure that given his cooking skills, Swedish chef is from Bern. Um, but, <laughs> <That's funny. laughs> um, but yeah, Itterby, which is, actually, <laughs> which is actually Swedish for outer village. And yeah, yeah it's the source of um, Itrium, Itterbium, Erbium. And terbium, um, yeah. yeah. So oh, and uh, they're all sourced there, and yep, just chock full of elements there. And what so, is the last I letter of Itterby? Itterby yeah. starts and ends with a Y. All right, so. so we're going back to Y. Mm-hmm. We are going back to Y. Oh no! But why? Because <laughs> I can't. <laughs> um, so question nine: I'm not going home. Not really. Is a line uttered by Reese Darby in what 2008 film? Where Carl must acquiesce, dude. All right, we're going to lock in with a bad guess. We we have the pieces of this puzzle, and it's kind of sounds familiar, but it's not it's not coming together for us. Um, yeah, us either. We don't we don't know. Um, I I had said yes, man, because it's the only Y movie from that era that I can think of, and we don't have anything else, right? We got nothing. It, I, that that line, like it, it's it sounds so familiar, but. Well, we're going to go with the Jim Carrey classic, yeah. yes, yes Man. Ma'am. Yeah, we also said Yes Man, and the more I thought about it, uh, Carl Must Acquiesce Dude is kind of like Yes Man. So <laughs> we are saying Yes Man, and we think that the actor that you mentioned is the New Zealand guy from uh, Flight of the Concords who plays the manager, Murray. Yeah. yeah. Uh, your answer is actually Yes Man. Oh. Uh, Reese Darby wow. plays Norman, who's, the, who's Carl's boss. Um, and the line was a little bit of a red herring because he quotes it along as they're watching Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone at their big uh, Halloween, that the party that he invited Carl to. And since Carl had to say yes, uh, he had to ask. Yeah. And you got the clue. Acquiesce, dude, is a way to say yes, man. Yeah. So, uh, this mm. was absolutely yes, man. Well, thank you, Matt. Very good. Mm-hmm. Question 10. What candy introduced in 1847 comes in eight flavors of chalk? 
though people in New England might tell you differently. I uh, I can definitely lock this one in, I think, if you want. Okay. Oh. Got it. Yeah. It's Newports. <laughs> Got it. All right. So you guys are locked in. Um, I think it's yep. the Neko. Neko. Neko wafer. Neko wafers. Yeah. Okay. I, uh, I agree. You know, I'm from New England, and that was something that was always on hand at Halloween, and you never were happy to get it. Uh, it was Neko wafers. It, 100% Neko wafers. <laughs> uh, they insist that there are flavors. I I don't believe them. So <laughs> Doesn't it, Neko stand for, like, New, New England, England Candy, candy company? company? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's the New England wafers, and that ending S takes you... All the way back around to the first S of Song Gulo. I was so, just going to yeah. say that brings us full circle. Looks like we mm-hmm. uh, took an, an extra 10 points uh, on our competition. We are at 175 and the Fjord boys are at 160. So uh, let's get the final round questions and see if we can hold our lead. Uh, sure. Uh, your final categories are brought to you by the size of Starbucks drinks, but your actual categories are food. Movies, music, myth, and history. And your theme is short, tall, grande, venti, trenta. Uh, do you want to just wager 30 on everything? Go crazy? Let's just let's just go go all in. Sounds good to me. We're we are gonna be sans culottes with our <laughs> if we if we get these wrong, but we're gonna we're gonna wager 30 on everything. Mm-hmm. Funny you say that because we too are gonna go all in and hope to take you guys down. Mm-hmm. All right, this is going to be fun. Uh, your question in short. Named for a modification of the phrased crystallized cottonseed oil, what 1911 product by Procter & Gamble was the first shortening to be made entirely from vegetable oil? Your question in tall. The 1948 Disney animated film Melody Time features seven short stories, two of which focus on tall tales. Johnny Appleseed is one. Name the other featured character who alongside his steed Widowmaker, lassoed a tornado and watched his true love get bounced to the moon. Your question in Grande. In Weird Al Yankovic's food-centric pan Taco Grande, what former half of a comedy duo and present advocate of the Chicano art movement provided the spoken bridge? Your question in Venti. Comprised of Aquilo, Oster, Volturnus, and Favonius, the venti are the Roman pantheon equivalent of the Greek animoi. What phenomena is the domain of the venti? In your question in Trenta, the Trent Affair of 1861 nearly caused a war between the United Kingdom and United States, already at war at the time. What Secretary of State dispatched a disavowal of Captain Wilkes' actions, resulting in the release of two Confederate envoys arrested aboard the RMS Trent? Ooh, we made a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not. Uh, We will consider these answers and we'll be back. Everybody shush! William Shatner has something to say. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. What do you do when the woman you love dies? Well, of course, you dig her up and you live with her. Aww. The show examines weird things. There are plenty of old photographs from this time period of children out in the streets playing in and among the dead horse carcasses. Oh, I miss those days. Things used to be so much simpler. Cat and Jethro. Then there's the urine wheel, which sounds like a really bad game show. They've done weird things. Wheel of urine! 
Cat and Jethro, Box of Oddities. That is really mysterious. Join Cat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected, as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the Box of Oddities. The Webby Award-winning Box of Oddities podcast from Airwave Media. Calling all kids in the car. Brittany and Meredith here from the chart-topping Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast. Are you dreading another silent car ride with the fam? We've got the cure. Three rounds of fresh trivia every single week. Movies, music, even science and Disney. We've got something for every trivia buff in the car. No more crickets chirping on those long journeys. The Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast is your secret weapon for connecting and laughing with kids of all ages, teens, toddlers, adults, it doesn't matter. Spark their curiosity and challenge their brains with every episode. New episodes drop weekly wherever you get your podcasts. Search for the Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast and turn those car rides into epic adventures. And welcome back. Uh, We are going to get our answers from Aaron in just a second. But first, we'd like to remind everybody that our guests today are Patreon supporters. And if you're not already, you can be too. We are very close to 400 uh, Patreon supporters, which we cannot thank you all enough for. It's so helpful um, in continuing this podcast and providing you guys content. And um, basically, the more Patreon supporters we have, the easier it is for us to produce. Um, So again, we're close to 400. That is our current uh, benchmark that we're trying to reach. And uh, again, thank you to all of our Patreon supporters. And if you would like to become one yourself, Jeff, go to patreon.com slash trivialitypodcast to sign up. Beautiful. And let's get those answers and finish this game out with a victory. So question number one, named for a modification of the phrase crystallized cottonseed oil, what 1911 product by Procter & Gamble was the first shortening to be made entirely from vegetable oil? To be honest, I thought this was lard product, but um, we're saying Crisco. Uh, We also locked in with Crisco. The correct answer here is Crisco. So points to both teams on that one. Question number two, the 1948 Disney animated film Melody Time features seven short stories, two of which focus on tall tales. Johnny Appleseed is one. Name the other featured character who, alongside his steed Widowmaker, lassoed a tornado and watched his true love get bounced to the moon. Yes, for some reason, I feel like in third, fourth and fifth grade, I had like tall tale units in all my classes. So uh, we know this is Pecos Bill. Well, we locked in with Buffalo Bill. Um, Maybe we just were thinking too much Hannibal Lecter. And in some iterations, he bounces off with his love. Some iterations, she gets bounced to the moon and he howls with the coyotes because he misses her so badly. This is Pecos Bill. Question number three. In Weird Al Yankovic's food-centric pan, Taco Grande, what former half of a comedy duo and present advocate of the Chicano art movement provided the spoken bridge? So we got to the point where we thought this was probably one of Cheech and Chong, and we thought uh, Cheech Marin was uh, probably better for this song, so we said Cheech. Yeah, we were in the same boat thinking it was Cheech or Chong. Um pretty sure Cheech, I remember seeing him give some speeches and do things about the art movement. So we locked in with Cheech Marin. Being an avid collector of art from the Chicano art movement, 
Since the 80s, it is Cheech Marin. Question number four, comprised of Aquilo, Oster, Volturnus, and Favonius. The Venti are the Roman Parthen pantheon equivalent of the Greek Animoi. What phenomena is the domain of the Venti? Yeah, we believe that um, they are responsible for the winds from uh, each of the cardinal directions. Uh, yeah, we uh, thought the same thing. There's four of them. I remember Volturnus being some kind of god of wind in one of the Final Fantasy games. Uh, so we said god of winds. That would be correct. Winds is perfectly acceptable for number four because it's the right answer. And finally, the Trent Affair of 1861 nearly caused a war between the United Kingdom and the United States already at war at the time. What Secretary of State dispatched a disavowal of Captain Wilkes' actions? resulting in the release of two Confederate envoys arrested aboard the RMS Trent. Okay, well, we assume this was the Secretary of State under Lincoln, who we couldn't remember, but luckily we remembered the Secretary of State under Johnson, who was probably the same man, and we said Seward. We, uh, I was trying to remember who, because I feel like he got attacked at the same time as Lincoln, uh, but he managed to survive. We were trying to pull the name, but it seems like we might not have come up with the right one because we locked in with Johnson. Serving as Secretary of State under both presidents, Lincoln and Johnson, also responsible six years later for spending $7.2 million on a certain chunk of land. This would be William Seward. Okay, the final round was very lucrative for us as we went five for five. Um, good job gaining 30 points to the uh, Fjord boys. Uh, with 190, but uh, again, with a perfect final round, we are today's cream of the crop, the Sore Boys with 325. I am the cream, yeah, the cream of the crop. Congratulations, Sore Boys. Yes, very well sore, done. but very well, happy. Thank you very much. Well done to both teams. Yeah, and well, well played fought. Well played to the other team. It was neck and neck the whole time. Yeah, Chris and Matt did an excellent job. Same team. Yeah, thanks for being my teammate, Chris. We were, we were right there, just need a couple more of those... Uh, I guess in the final, that was really what did us in. Yeah, you really needed a, like a venti and a tall or whatever it was to get you through it. <laughs> yeah. I just, uh, I haven't been going to Starbucks enough. I think that's the problem. <laughs> we, we have a, a whole you mean uh, unnamed coffee conglomerate. Yeah, sorry, unnamed course. coffee yes, company. Yes, yes. We, uh, we, we, we run on a different one here in Massachusetts. So mm. I think that's. Oh, I imagine so. You have your own multinational coffee conglomerate. <laughs> the, the watered down coffee conglomerate. Mm. Unless they want to be a sponsor, then we love them. Then we <laughs> yeah, I'm sure we can. I'm sure we can bag Duncan. <laughs> At least a Munchkin. <laughs> oh, Munchkins! All right. Thanks again to Brittany and Aaron for hosting such an awesome game. Any last words? Any shout outs you guys want to give at the end here? Um, thanks for having us. This was really fun to write and really fun to host, and very had a great time being on the podcast. Yeah, thank you. And just, I guess, just shout out to the trivia community at large. You guys made <laughs> this past year a lot easier and, you know, are all an awesome group of people. So just in general, the trivia community is pretty awesome. I will second that. Awesome. All right. Thank you, guys. And Chris, uh, you were a great teammate. I was proud to be a Fjord boy for the day. You're a Fjord boy every day, I imagine. Uh, any last shout outs, people you want to thank? Any Anything else? No, uh, just kind of saying the same thing. You know, it's been great 
being on the, the the recording today. I have had a lot of fun. You know, you guys at Triviality, it's been getting me through quarantine, having a, a podcast to listen to every Tuesday. Um, and I guess I'll plug a little bit, you know, go to triviality.com slash patreon.com slash triviality. Yeah, thank you so much. Ah, yes. And uh, I do like to think that we are the um, the podcast that is there for you while there is no Marvel show coming out every week on Disney Plus. So <laughs> we are the substitute for when uh, in between those seasons. Yeah, so in those three weeks, you got to binge the rest of those because there's one every other time. Uh, so thank you again so much to Brittany, Aaron, Chris, and to Jeff and Ken. My name is Matt, and that was Triviality. All right, just give me one second because I'm sweating my ass off. This is what your Patreon money goes for.